0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our first episode for week 23. Uh, Today's date March 20th of 2023. Uh, So we got a lot of two threes going on here. Uh, I'm your main host Karsten and since it's a Monday I'm joined by my Monday co-host and my good friend Wyatt. How are you doing today Wyatt? I'm
1: doing good Karsten. I got back earlier today from a staff meeting and Found our, our company is being absorbed by another
0: company, so that oh was wow, big changes! So, so are they gonna is that gonna affect you, or are you just gonna be brought no, on to that new company?
1: We're not pretty much nothing is, well, I should say, nothing huge is really changing for us, at least not immediately. By May, it's gonna be like final, and then. But still, even at that point, it's like we're just going to have more, basically we'll have more opportunities to work, like get more shifts and be closer to full-time because this other company is much bigger. Gotcha.
0: So, cool. Yeah. Cool. That's a great to hear.
1: When Although, you... <laughs> I, I do have to comment on something. I So we had a big meeting with like my bosses of the little company and then the bigger bosses you know, of the company that's taking us. Mm-hmm. And one of those bigger bosses is a referee or uh sorry is a coach for like a middle school girls basketball team okay and he happened to be coaching a team that i refed last year in a tournament and i almost (laughs) kicked him out of the game so oh wow (laughs) because yeah i i gave him several warnings and then i was finally like if you make any more comments then you're out and he finally stopped after that but Anyway, I love the fact that he is now going to be my boss.
0: I thought you were gonna say he like held it against you. And it's like, oh hey, you're the guy that called a foul on such and such player. Yeah, <laughs> no. We're we're gonna let you go now. <laughs>
1: I'm not I'm not even sure if he remembered or like recognized it was me because it took me a minute
0: as well. But gotcha. Yeah, so that's uh, that's fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's funny. Small world. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's great. Also, I will address before we get started, um, if you, the listening audience, notice anything different with my audio, uh, I was troubleshooting this with Wyatt before we started. We're testing out a mic that, is it a new mic? No. I've just had it sitting on a shelf for the past uh, couple years and realized, oh, I have a mic sitting around, maybe I should give it a shot. Um, We had mixed results on Wyatt's behalf on as far as if this mic sounds better than my just standard computer microphone so we're going to give it a test run here and we'll see how it goes maybe i'll use the setup in the future maybe not it is kind of a pain to get set up because it's not just the mic it's the sound the, the audio interface it's everything so just a small update but with that um let's go ahead and get started with the show let's jump right into it uh and we have our five-on-five drill to start if you're new to the show basically we uh, instead of summarizing every single game from friday saturday and sunday's action we focus on five specific games that stood out for various reasons and we're going to start with three games from friday the first of which being a double overtime affair in which the chicago bulls outlasted the minnesota timberwolves at home uh, final score, 139 to 131, a high-scoring game. Again, a long game, double overtime, and a back-and-forth game, especially in that uh, you know fourth quarter onward. 13 lead changes overall in the game, and um, yeah, great win for Chicago. Looking at the Timberwolves, they were led by a trio of 20-point scorers in Mike Conley, Jaden McDaniels, and Rudy Gobert. Uh, they lost Anthony Edwards early in this game with an ankle sprain. Uh, we don't have an updated timetable for you at the moment as far as that injury is concerned, but we keep you up. Uh, we'll keep you posted as much as we can. Definitely a tough loss for the Timberwolves, um, and they fought hard without him. Did their best. Gobert in particular had a really great game: twenty-one points, nineteen rebounds, and five blocks. Seems wow. like this back half of the season, he's really started to find his <clears throat> rhythm a little more in this Minnesota. Uh, scheme compared to the first half of the season meanwhile for Chicago uh, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine teamed up to combine for 88 points uh, DeMar DeRozan 49 <laughs> points 14 rebounds four assists and three steals and he was 17 Have of 18. a week game there yeah I, <laughs> Really should have picked it up on the blocks there. He was not a factor. No, just phenomenal game from DeRozan. And Levine, very solid as well. 39 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. Uh, Perfect from the line. 4 of 9 from the 3-point line. And those two really led the charge. Vucevic, a great uh, tertiary scorer in this game. 21 points, 11 rebounds. And defensively, he it. A very good two, three blocks and two steals. Very good win for Chicago. Um, Maybe just a quick comment why on the Chicago Bulls uh, before we jump to that next game. They're a team that is currently sitting in 10th in the Eastern Conference. They will barely uh, sneak into the play in picture. It looks like. Do you think that this is a team that has enough to maybe make some upsets in the play in and find themselves in the normal playoff picture? Or do you think once the play in tournament comes around, they're kind of going to be, you know, moved out uh a little bit easier than maybe you'd expect. What are your thoughts on the Bulls in that regard?
1: <clears throat> no, I think they could definitely uh be an upset team. They have solid personnel um you know and and some with previous success in the playoffs uh whether it be a lot of success or just a little bit of playoff experience. But not only that, but we've seen them beat some of the best teams this year. We uh, I've seen it, we've seen them beat the Celtics. I believe they beat the Bucks and the Celtics in, in one week. Mm-hmm. Or, and, you know, they definitely have the potential to uh make an upset. Definitely in in the play in. If they get matched up against a team that you might objectively think is better than them in the play-in game, I would not be surprised if they win and playoffs. I think they could uh make a uh, you know, the a series really interesting in a seven game series as well. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. As it stands, they would be facing the Toronto Raptors in the first game of the play in tournament. Do you think they, they beat the Raptors in that case, or do you like the Raptors in that matchup? I'd probably go bowls. Go Bulls. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I I would be with you. And I feel bad because I don't want to go against the Raptors in any sense. They've, they're similar to the Bulls in their, you know, struggles with consistency this season. Um, I think they've been better this back half, similar to the Bulls. Uh, it's different though with the Raptors because they added Yaka Pirtle, and that's been a big part of their success. But um, yeah, Chicago has a star power, and let's not forget Toronto is Demar Derozan's former team who traded him to get Kawhi. So right. if if that was a play in game. You might have a little bit of mini beef there. He, you know he reignites and and has a real mo- desire to beat the Raptors in a play-in type series or play-in game. That would be really exciting to watch. I think we should keep an an eye and an ear out for that one. That would be yeah, that'd be a great matchup. Um, let's jump to the next game from Friday. The Grizzlies at the Spurs, and this was another overtime affair, just one overtime, in which the Memphis Grizzlies won in San Antonio 126 to 120. And that set a franchise record for the Memphis Grizzlies with the largest uh comeback in a game. 29 points, they were down at one point. Hmm. Uh a huge comeback. Yeah, that was early to mid third quarter. They were down 29 points. Fought back. Uh Barely forced overtime and then were able to come out with the win in overtime. Uh, they barely led in this game overall and had very small leads when they did. So uh, managed to steal a game for in a sense from the Spurs um, for San Antonio. They were led by Devin Vassell. Good to see him back in the lineup. He's missed a lot of time with injury. He had 25 points, five rebounds, five assists. Nice all round game. Uh, Zach Collins had 24 points, eight rebounds and four assists. 21 points for Keldon Johnson and 18 points for Malachi Branham, the rookie who continues to exceed expectations. He was a bit of a later draft pick. Um, Also, Sandro, I'm going to butcher this name, Mamou Kilashvili had 14 rebounds off the bench for the Spurs as well. Uh, So nice game for him. Meanwhile, for the Grizzlies, 28 points for Jaron Jackson Jr., along with four blocks, continuing to make his case for (laughs) Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists for Tyus Jones. Triple-double for him. Congratulations. And then 21 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists for Desmond Bain. Uh, Their star players in the absence of John Morant really stepped up in this game, really helped lead them uh, to victory. Uh, Maybe just a quick... uh, I'm going to build off last week's weekly predictions for this question, Wyatt. Uh, mm-hmm. just Justin and I had differing takes on the Grizzlies, our our weekly yeah, predictions. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I I had the take that John Morant could use, you know, the doubts surrounding him now with the recent events as fuel. He could have a really stellar playoff series. Justin thinks that maybe uh the team is heading in a complete opposite direction, that they're going to spiral and really, kind of crashed to to the end of the season. I'm curious where you fall in that maybe spectrum. Are you more towards mm-hmm. one side, kind of in the middle? What are your thoughts? I think it depends on John Morant.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. as it stands, I I think that the Grizzlies are still a really solid team. You know, when all of this initially went down with Morant, I had dropped them significantly in my power rankings and expected them to continue to drop. And almost immediately, I had to rectify that and bring them back up in my power rankings because they didn't drop near uh, as much as I expected them to. And just this last week, they they had a pretty great week, uh, week overall. Um, if I'm remembering right, I'm pretty sure they had a winning record, right? Were they like three and one?
0: Um, uh, well, let's double check. I can't. Re- yeah, three and one. They had a good yeah. week.
1: So yeah, yeah the, they had a great week, and and so I think as long as john morant comes in in a good mental space then they're going to then they can uh elevate and become a you know one of the top teams in the league again if he mm-hmm. comes in and you know has some sort of backlash from teammates maybe or you know the the drama like if if drama occurs then you know we might see something more along the lines of justin's predictions Right. But we've seen we've seen that they can win without Morant and we know they can win with him. So I think it totally depends on how he comes back and is welcomed back and how he integrates back into the
0: to the team. Right. No, that's a great point. And uh we'll we'll use that we'll give you a quick news update with that. Um the the Grizzlies are hopeful that Morant will be able to return to action um as soon as Wednesday. Um at the latest, probably within the next week, week and a half, he should return to action. So, um, as you're saying, it's something that we'll need to feel out as he returns and and see how he returns. But, um, yeah. you know, they they have w- uh, been winning with and without him, both regular season and uh, well in the regular season with and without him. And then in the playoffs, they have that playoff experience now to draw from. You know, right. They had they had the loss uh, in the first round a couple years ago to the Jazz, and then. Last year, they, you know, had a great series against uh, Minnesota, play the Warriors, they battle there. So they've got that, you know, they've got what it takes. And like you said, it's all about John Morant, <clears throat> excuse me, and how he returns to action. So, yeah, great, great point. Um, yeah. I'll,
1: can I comment on something
0: real quick? Yeah, um, With me. that
1: guy whose name is crazy on the Spurs, mm-hmm. Mas- Mamoukele Shvili. Uh he yeah. Of his 14 boards, eight of them were offensive. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I just, I I didn't notice that initially, but, like, that's kind of, like, I haven't seen that happen. (laughs) Like, (laughs) at least, it's probably happened, but I haven't noticed it happen this season, and that's pretty impressive. Usually it's, like, you know, a max of, like, three, maybe, the offensive boards.
0: Yeah, especially for an an unheralded player like him. Um, Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's, he's a story I root for as far as, you know, he's been a standout uh, once or twice in summer league. He was with the bucks. They released him when they made their trade deadline moves signed a deal with San Antonio where he'd have more chance to play and to see him do these kind of things in those minutes. That's a great sign. And, you know, it's always good to see these young guys get opportunities and really, you know, make good on those chances. Yeah. Great. Great to see that for, um, we're going to have to learn how to pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think Mamouh Kelashvili. That sounds kind of correct to me, but yeah. I, could, I could be totally wrong. Um, Let's jump to the next game. This is our last game from that Friday slate. Again, all three of these first three games we're talking about were from Friday. And this one was a very close affair. Not an overtime game, but we did have a, a game winner. The Dallas Mavericks win on a game-winning buzzer-beating three by Maxi Kleba in Los yeah. Angeles against the Lakers 111 to 110 uh they stunned the Lakers as the NBA website eloquently puts it uh you look at the the flow of the game it was fairly back and forth i mean Dallas held a nice lead early in the third quarter but then uh, LA never really stepped back they continued to fight um took the lead at the end and then Dallas was able to come out on top in, in the last seconds uh looking at the Lakers uh contributors anthony davis led the charge he had again 26 points 10 rebounds and three assists uh decent percentages overall they also had 16 points five rebounds two assists off the bench from austin reeves uh so nice contribution there uh four other guys had 10 or more points meanwhile for the mavericks uh Kyrie irving did play, but we did not have Luka Doncic in this game. Kyrie Irving really stepped up in his absence 38 points, six rebounds, and six assists. Uh, only three other scorers had 10 or more points. Kleba with 10 seven of or three of those 10 points being the, the game winning points and 12 points each for Tim Hardaway Jr. and Christian Wood, both of them coming off the bench. Uh, I'll throw it back to you, Why It sounds like you. I I honestly i you know didn't have a chance to see this play. Why you maybe saw the play? Maybe take us sp- what happened. Yeah, I did see the
1: play. It was, uh, just an inbound pass, I think to <clears throat> Irving. Mm-hmm. Um, don't quote me on that though. Someone who really wanted to take the shot, like they were, they were trying to to get open, trying to take a shot, and they were just you know defense was all over them. Lakers weren't letting them have it. And then they they kick it out to to Kleber on the three and he just launches it. The closeout wasn't quick
0: enough. And <laughs> I mean, that was the game. He called it. Gotcha. No, yeah, that's great. And especially for the Mavericks, you know, missing Luca is obviously a tough one, but they had missed Maxi Kleba for a long time. And he's just recently within the last few weeks returned to action and He's just a bench contributor, but he's a big part of their team, especially defensively. And to see him hit a game winner in this season, that's great to see him, you know, back on the team contributing in those moments. That was that was an awesome moment. um, Yeah, regardless. And Um, I got to
1: throw in in case anyone was wondering if I was going to immediately eat my words. Uh, Wenyan Gabriel of the Lakers had eight offensive rebounds. Oh, he so. did, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that only is only that... three defensive, so only 11 total rebounds instead of 14. But okay,
0: <laughs> so Mamu, I, we're gonna shorten it to Mamu. Hopefully, that's a, a nickname people have for him because his name is long, but he he's the only one to have eight offensive and six defensive. That still stands. Yes,
1: that still stands. <laughs> We're going to hold on to that victory. But the the shocking eight offensive rebounds, of course, has to be <laughs> immediately <laughs> kind of debunked. By the the very
0: same night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's just brutal. Let's hope that there's not another one in this next game that <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about. Um, and this one is a great, you know, those who have listened to the show know that Wyatt and I are, you know, uh, Utah residents, born and raised. We are both jazz fans. Uh you know some of us like a few other teams when it's convenient for us but um <laughs> the Utah Jazz got a great win at home against the Boston Celtics 118 to 117 close game but it was also a comeback victory the Jazz were trailing by as much as 19 points in this game and they uh you know got a great win against the Celtics the 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 lead the Celtics had that was 19 points was in the second quarter Jazz took the lead briefly in the third lost it for a while, took it back in the fourth. And then um, if I'm not mistaken, it was Walker Kessler that had a, a crucial, one of the crucial plays at the end. It looks like he had a, a, a key block. Um, hopefully I'm correct on that, but yeah.
1: i um, on uh Jalen Brown, I believe. J- or, yeah. Oh, no.
0: Was it Jalen Brown? I'm not sure. I'm on one of or those right on the block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, continuing to step up being impressive, uh, in his rookie season this season. Um, let's talk about the Celtics, their contributors, uh, Grant Williams and Jalen Brown were the 20 point scorers for, for Boston, 25 points for Jalen Brown, 23 points for Grant Williams. Uh, Tatum held the 15 points on some low percentages in this game. No, oh, excuse me. Mid burp, uh, 15 uh, low percentages in this game, uh, 16 points off the bench for Malcolm Brogdon. Um, And then for the Jazz, a little bit better all around, especially on the rebounding end, uh, three of their starters, their whole front court, had 10 or more rebounds. That's Markinen, Olenek, and Walker Kessler. Uh, Walker Kessler led the way with 14 rebounds. He also added three blocks. The leading scorer was Markinen, 28 points. um, And they also got 19 points seven rebounds, five assists from Talon Horton Tucker, continuing to do what he can in that pseudo point guard role, uh, substituting for Colin Sexton and or Jordan Clarkson. Uh, So yeah, great win for Utah. Um, Wyatt, you mentioned that you had some family that went to that game. Any other comments we want to add to this game other than, you know, us obviously happy to see the Jazz win um, before we move on to our final game?
1: Uh, Yeah, my my parents went to that game, which was, uh you know, I was jealous, of course. And right. you know, one other comment. Carson, could you go ahead and look at Walker Kessler's rebounds oh, did he do you it? Did he do it? Eight, <laughs> eight the exact same as Mr. <laughs> mom Manu or Mamu, Ma- whatever. Mamu Mamu Kelashvili. Yeah. Uh, Dude. Eight offensive rebounds and six defensive, totaling at 14. So we're gonna have to uh um... last time
0: I comment on <laughs> <laughs> Here's here's our significant rebounds. (laughs) I'm going to comb through every game from this weekend's action. I'm going to find every (laughs) instance of this and we'll have a full update for you on tomorrow's show. Every time that Wyatt had to eat his words. um, Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Why I'm still with you. Eight offensive rebounds is really impressive. Yeah. Despite (laughs) the fact that happened to happen three times in one evening. Or
1: no, this is two nights now. This
0: is yeah, two nights. Not okay. quite as bad, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're okay. I totally overreacted. Uh, that's great. <laughs> well, we got one more game to see if it happened again. I'm, I'm going to be looking for that first. Our last game Sunday night, the Orlando Magic hosting the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Lakers get a big win on the road, thanks to the heroics of Austin Reeves. Let's check for it. Do we have any? Yes. Or uh, no. So I'm happy rejoicing. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. Nobody with more than four offensive rebounds in yeah. this game. So which congrac- was again,
1: Wendy and Gabriel who had the eight uh, two nights
0: ago. So. Oh yeah. There you go. He had eight total. So tried yeah. to do it, but congratulations, Wyatt. You, you were two of five. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll forget gonna- my trophy. <laughs> <laughs> <to your> apartment. <laughs> I'll have to, we'll have to make up a new trophy for that. Yeah. But yeah, um, <laughs> Yeah, big win for Los Angeles. Um, again, Austin Reeves really stepped up in this game. Um, a close game throughout um, after a br- brief Lakers lead of at least 10 points. Uh, it was within 10 for most of the second half, uh, but they're still able to come out on top. For Orlando, two 21 point scorers being Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro. Uh, 16 points, 10 or 11 rebounds for Wendell Carter Jr. 12 points, 10 assists for Markel Fultz and 17 points off the bench for Cole Anthony. Meanwhile, for the Lakers, Austin Reeves, 30 minutes off the bench, had 35 points, six rebounds and six assists, including 16 of 18 from the free throw line. That's a lot of a lot of trips to the foul line. Uh, got it done there. I also had 18 points from D'Angelo Russell, 15 points, 11 rebounds, two steals and four blocks for Anthony Davis, 12 points for Troy Brown, 10 rebounds for Jared Vanderbilt and 12 points off the bench for Dennis Schroeder. Um, that's our last game. Before we jump to our uh, six men notes, why any thoughts on Austin Reeves and kind of what he means to this Lakers push uh, for a play in type spot?
1: Um, I think he could, you know, he could make a, a good addition. Like he could be the piece that the Lakers have needed this whole season. And sometimes it's funny because sometimes it's, I mean, not to say Austin Reeves is like a no name person, like most NBA fans know the name of Austin Reeves, but he's not like a super all-star caliber guy coming in here. But sometimes it's just those, uh, you know, mid tier guys that bring in like something that makes everything work. Cause now they're winning without LeBron, which was not the case earlier in the season. And Mm -hmm. so hopefully when LeBron rotates back in, um, off his injury, they can, uh, you know, see some even additional success.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, you mentioned, you know, not a lot of people knowing about Austin Reeves. That was certainly true. The beginning of last season, he, you know, that was a weird Lakers roster anyways, last season's roster. Um, but he was a name that. As a rookie, I honestly didn't know anything about him. Mm -hmm. And then he was suddenly a big minutes and points contributor, um, rotationally, at least, you know, more of like a sixth, seventh man uh, for the Lakers. And has had some moments, you know, in, in various games. This is certainly his best game to date, uh, career high and all of that. But right. um, he started at different points for the Lakers now coming off the bench. Yeah, I think he can be a great contributor. Um, another name that comes to mind is Alex Caruso. Similar. Yeah, you know, exactly. Didn't, people didn't know who he was until he was on the Lakers. I don't think Reeves is near as good as Caruso and they're different types of players, but Reeves has a chance to do to be a contributor to you know, in a rotation of you know stars and and former stars, um, his contributions more you know scoring rather than Caruso's defense and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, that's what I thought of. Yeah, Reeves I think is a is a big part of their success going forward. Um, I have and, a question yeah. for you too. Once you're, oh no, yeah, go are you for done it. with Reeves. Uh, uh, yeah, I was kind of finished on my my thought there. What's what's your question? Okay. Franz Fra- I mean. Franz Wagner Wagner Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner
1: does is he like normally a three point shooter? I haven't watched him play at all, but
0: he was zero for eight in this game. He normally is a very solid three point shooter. I would guess. I would guess he's probably around, somewhere between thirty five and forty percent. Okay, gotcha. I didn't know if he was just like one of those guys that wouldn't stop shooting,
1: like. He just liked to shoot threes regardless of being bad at him, or if he just had an off night. So <laughs> yeah.
0: No, yeah, definitely a tough night. I didn't notice that, but that's still great to get twenty one points even with that tough of a shooting night. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um yeah, thank thanks for pointing that out. Um with that, let's uh, that takes care of our five on five drill. Let's jump into our sixth men notes. Again, we, we keep saying, or I keep saying, I feel like we should come up with a better name for this, but we're going to keep rolling with it. We're this far in the season. Why not? <laughs> um, basically these are the notes from the games that we didn't talk about. Um, you know, stats and other things that are worth mentioning, uh, on Friday, Jabari Smith, Jr., the rookie for the Houston Rockets did hit a game winning three, at home versus the New Orleans Pelicans. So shout out to him for doing that great uh great job there. I saw a clip of him after the game where he gave the game ball to his dad, Jabari Smith Sr. of course, who also played in the NBA. Uh so that's a pretty cool moment to to share with your dad. Um also from Friday, Damian Lillard had yet another 40-point game, this time scoring 41 points uh in a loss at home versus the Boston Celtics. And uh, the Trailblazers are struggling a little bit more. We'll have time to talk more about them with our power rankings in just a moment. On Saturday, Markel Fultz had a career high 28, which I know that he's struggled, but I feel like he's had really good games in Orlando. I was surprised that 28 points was his career high, but I guess it is hmm. uh, props to him. It was in a win uh, in L.A. against the Clippers. Also on Saturday, uh, DeAnthony Melton of the Sixers had six steals in their win in Indi- Indiana against the Pacers. Uh, so that was a pretty cool stat line. And then finally on Sunday, we had a couple of 40-point scorers on Sunday. We had Devin Booker scoring 46 points in a loss in Oklahoma City against the Thunder. And for the Thunder, Shea Gilders Alexander had 40 points of the zone.
1: Yeah, Thunder are picking up, man.
0: They are picking up indeed. Again, that will be another team that we would will, will definitely focus on, along with uh, Portland in our power rankings. Uh, and then also on Sunday, Jalen Green had 40 points in their uh, home loss versus the Pelicans. So one and one in their two home games back-to-back against the Pelicans. Before we move on, I've got to check, just for my own curiosity, uh, the Jalen Green stat line. Oh, he shot good percentages. Kudos to him. He shot 50% from the floor. 44 from three and he was 14 of 14 from the free throw line. So mm-hmm. good job, Jalen proving me wrong. I was all ready to see 40% from the floor, 30 from three. And cause that's what he's tended to do this season, but uh sophomore, he's still impressing and uh you know, some, some hope there for the Rockets as far as their, their talent pool. Yeah. Um, Let's real quick. Also jump through our, our key news. We don't have a ton of items, but after that, we'll, you know take a break see if there's anything else we want to focus on with either our news or the the game action before we jump to the game previews uh firstly in our key news uh small update in the playoff picture uh the Boston Celtics officially clinched a playoff spot this weekend um kind of like the bucks news you know these are teams we expect to clinch the playoffs it's just more you know making it official um but as we get closer to the end of the season we'll start to have these you know who's actually going to clinch those final spots and who will you know lock in those play in appearances um, an injury update. Uh, let's see. No, we already talked about uh, at the Edwards for the Tim rolls. Again, he had a, he has an ankle sprain. We'll keep you updated on that timeline. Uh, we also mentioned that Memphis is hopeful to see John Morant return, hopefully within the week um, news from retired player, uh, retired legend. One of the greatest of all time, magic Johnson. He reportedly is joining an ownership group, or a group of investors at this point seeking to purchase the NFL's Washington commanders and become the ownership group of that team. Um, Just an interesting side note, of course, we're not going to dive into the commanders because that's NFL, you know, that's a whole different podcast, but um, I'm curious why he's interested in buying the Washington commanders. Cause I mean, he's, he's from Michigan went to Michigan state. So he's got Michigan ties obviously has LA ties. I'm um, not sure I understand the move, but I guess when you have that much money, you do whatever you want, right? Yep. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, and then finally we have our NBA players of the week. They were officially announced. They are Joel Embiid and Damanis Sabonis in the Eastern conference and Western conference respectively. So congratulations to both of them. Uh, we'll have a chance to talk about them with our MVP discussion as well. Um, Wyatt, any thoughts you wanted to add to um, our six-men notes or our key news before we jump into our game previews? Um, Just the,
1: uh, Lillard had a pretty sweet block on Jalen Brown on that Celtics, that loss to the Celtics. And oh, he also, did? Yeah. And also, like, Embiid. I mean, we're going to talk about him later, but has he just been at the top of the charts
0: every week lately or what? He's certainly been stellar. And I think that he's on within the next last few weeks, he's been on a stretch of 30 point consecutive 30 point games. So that's really, you know, been a huge part of the success along with his versatility. Um, Yeah. You know, yeah. Like you said, we'll have a chance to talk more. There's even more I have to say about Embiid and what he's doing this season. Um, First, though, let's real quick run through our game previews. Uh, So the times I'll give for these games are in Eastern Standard Time, uh, the times that these games will start. And again, we're talking Tuesday through Friday, the games to watch out for for this week that are are worth checking out, your national broadcasts and maybe a few others uh, worth considering if you want to pick up League Pass or you have League Pass. Firstly, on Tuesday, we have six games total, uh, the national broadcast being an NBA TV doubleheader. Firstly, the Cleveland Cavaliers travel to Brooklyn to face off against the Nets at 730. And then at 10 o'clock, the uh, Sacramento Kings are hosting the Boston Celtics. Uh, Celtics Kings in particular should be a pretty good matchup. Celtics faltering a little bit lately. Kings uh, hotter than ever and really looking to solidify a top two or three spot in the Western Conference. Uh, One more game to consider. It would be about the same time as that Celtics Kings game at 1030 on league pass. uh, The L.A. Clippers play host to the Oklahoma City Thunder. That one has particular intrigue as one of our play in watch games. If we want to, you know, coin a phrase there, Um, both those teams in the play in slash playoff picture, uh, important ramifications for the uh, result of that game either way. So that's a good one to check out uh, or at least be aware of. On Wednesday, we have 10 games total, uh, and two of those games are an ESPN doubleheader. Firstly, at 7.30, the Dallas Mavericks host the visiting Golden State Warriors, and then at 10 o'clock, the LA Lakers play host to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Suns Suns-Lakers, classic Pacific Division matchup. Um, Again, Suns struggling themselves without Durant. Can the Lakers pick up a big win against a... You know, a team you'd expect to be a little bit better. Meanwhile, uh, that first game, the Warriors in Dallas against the Mavericks, Warriors are looking to try and, you know, move up a spot or two in the playoff picture. Um, I believe they're fifth or sixth right now uh, in the West. Yeah, and so, sixth,
1: sixth behind the Clippers.
0: Yep, six overall. So, they're going to see if they can maybe move back up into fifth where they were a little bit earlier in the season. Uh, Dallas, meanwhile, you know, doing what they can hopefully with the return of Luca. I don't think we've had a ton of updates on that. Um, A couple other games on Wednesday that might be worth checking out Um, at seven 30 on league pass. The Toronto Raptors are hosting the Indiana Pacers. And then at nine o'clock, the Portland trailblazers are in Utah to face off against the jazz. Um, Again, both those games similar to the Thunder Clippers are, you know, play and watch, you know, Pacers Raptors, what's going to happen in the East. Uh, trailblazers and jazz what's going to happen in the west uh, so those are both intriguing to watch out for on thursday we have four games total two of those being an nba tv double header firstly at seven o'clock the orlando magic playoffs to the new york knicks and then at 10 30 we have another thunder and clippers matchup i maybe shouldn't have even put that league pass game in because they're playing yet again on thursday Clippers hosting the Thunder, so so there's that. Uh, But then Knicks and Magic, uh, that should be interesting. You know, Bancaro versus uh, Julius Randle, uh, rookie versus vet. There's some intrigue there, as well as Jalen Brunson made his return already for the Knicks to see what he can do uh, for that team, maybe if they can get a streak going again uh, like they had when he was injured or, or before he got injured. Finally, on Friday, we have 10 games total. And two of those are an NBA TV doubleheader. Once again, Um, just a side note, if you're curious why NBA TV is uh, showing so many of these games, um, March madness Turner sports is a little bit preoccupied with that at the moment. So that's why NBA TV has these games, uh, regardless, firstly, seven o'clock, the Boston Celtics host the Indiana Pacers. And then at 10 o'clock, the golden state warriors host the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, Harden and Embiid versus Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Um, that's a great matchup to watch out for. Uh, Celtics and Pacers is also intriguing. Uh, Pacers trying to fight and avoid elimination from that playoff picture. And then finally, one other game to look at, uh, League Pass at 10 o'clock. We have the Chicago Bulls traveling to Portland against the trailblazers. Um, Wyatt, I'm curious, which of these games stand out to you? A lot of these are pretty close as far as their intrigue. There's not, you know, like in some other weeks where we have a couple that really stand out. Like I definitely got to see that game. Um, what right. game, what games stand out to you? So the standouts for me are
1: Sixers and Warriors, uh, which you just talked about uh, mm. two very good teams, Sixers, of course, on a you know just having crazy success the past few weeks, uh, and then, in fact, I got to look at their oh they they just lost but they're eight and two in their last ten games, mm-hmm. and I think so, that was a
0: seven a seven game win streak prior to it yeah was t- I tonight so. they lost right right yeah. Yeah. yeah and then
1: the the Warriors have been a little less hot lately but you know still a, a fantastic team. And then the Celtics and the Kings, uh, I think that's another great game to watch out for. Kind of this powerhouse Celtics team that, like you said, is uh, you know maybe been struggling a little bit as of late versus the Kings, kind of the underdogs this season that have just been shocking everyone with their success. So that'd be those would be my top two uh, games to watch. I'm also interested by. Warriors and Mavericks a little bit and, and the Clippers and thunder, like one of those
0: games um, mm-hmm. would
1: be good to watch as well.
0: Yeah. Those are all great picks. And again, there's a lot of great games uh, this week to check out. I'm intrigued by sons at Lakers on, on Wednesday night, purely for, I don't know, Devin Booker in Los Angeles against the Lakers. There's always, it seems like there's something interesting going on, whether it's a great game or, you know jawing cuz devin booker you might not think of him as like a a trash talk type of guy and maybe he's not but he can he can kind of be an antagonist in some ways yeah and so <laughs> I um i don't know maybe people just don't like his face <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it is about uh devin booker but um regardless That matchup, you know, there's some history there. That's an intriguing one. Um, And then, yeah, a lot of the others you mentioned would be great ones to check out, too. Side note for that Sixers-Warriors game, we've, of course, talked about the Warriors' struggles, but keep in mind, this is in Golden State in San Francisco. And um, as much as the Warriors have struggled overall, it's been a tale of two teams. On the road, they've been, you know, average to below average. At home, they're still pretty good. So that's... Mm -hmm. Definitely something to keep in mind with that game. But again, a lot of great games to watch out for. Okay, now we move on to the real meat of our Monday show. Um, That is our power rankings followed by our weekly MVP discussion. Um, We'll start with our power rankings as we always do. Um, Maybe just a quick preface. I don't know if I ever really give much of a a background with our power rankings, but basically... um, Wyatt and I have some, some differing approaches and it makes for some healthy conversation around the the power rankings that we each do, but basically um, pretty simple. You know, one through 30, who's the best, who's the worst, and we talk about it. Um, Wyatt, I'm going to let you start, as I usually do. I'm curious to see your thoughts and where we agree and differ uh, on the teams in the league uh, this season. So, Wyatt, go ahead and take it away. Okay, perfect.
1: So, uh, as has been kind of the trend throughout the season the bucks are in my first position and they that has not changed Mm -hmm. you know they went back and forth with the celtics for a while but now the celtics have been bumped by the sixers who have moved up into my number two spot Mm -hmm. they've just been incredible this year uh especially the past few weeks and honestly i don't see it slowing down i think that uh they could be a very strong team, and uh, you know, I I would not be shocked if they made an appearance in the finals this year. So, Sixers moved up to to two behind the Bucks. Celtics mm-hmm. moved down to three, and then we have some consistency with Nuggets four, Cavs five, Kings six, uh, Grizzlies seven. None okay. of those changed for me. Um, you know, I've I've gone back and forth. With Kings, Calves, uh, moving the Kings up above the Calves, I don't know. Something in me is just hesitating to do that. With this, I mean, the Calves or the Kings consistently are strong and you know continually surprise me, as I mentioned earlier. Mm. But I don't know. I for some reason I feel like they lack this the star power, maybe to. Beat the Cavs in a playoff situation, and also, uh, you know, as Jazz fans, we paid attention to Donovan Mitchell, who is typically pretty like stellar in in playoff conditions. So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of been what's holding me up there. Um, and then following the Grizzlies, the Knicks moved up two spots, and they've been solid. Uh, and then the Suns stayed the same. And then the Heat moved up two spots. Okay. Uh, I, other... I'm going
0: to stop you real quick. I'm curious okay. about the Suns staying in the top ten after going one and three. I want, I want you to sell me right. on this.
1: Um, I guess my only real pitch is Kevin Durant. Uh, okay, you know? fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you so sold moving me on no, uh, Kevin Durant is out right now, of course, and. You know, it's it's been a little bit of a struggle for the Suns since he, uh, since he got uh got injured, which was interesting because they seem to be picking up a little bit right before he uh kind of he debuted with Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, definitely still some things that are being worked on in Phoenix, but once KD's back, I don't see the Heat beating them. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, honestly, I don't know if I see the Knicks beating him, but I, but I can't argue with, um, you know, the Knicks went two and all of this last week and the Suns went one and three. So I gave it to them, but honestly, I, I would expect those to switch soon after KD's return. Yep. Uh, so I guess, I guess that's my reasoning is. You know, most of these teams below them. And until we get down to, like, the Mavericks and the Warriors, I could see them beating the Suns. But these other teams here, the Heat, Clippers, eh, maybe the Clippers. But the Heat, Nets, Knicks, I don't see them really beating the Suns. Gotcha. So, okay, yeah.
0: nope, fair enough.
1: Um, mm. Nets dropped four. They went on three. Mm. Uh maybe starting to follow that trend that we expected to see weeks ago when they traded away all their stars but mm-hmm. maybe not maybe just an off week um and then other than that uh you know a decent amount of movement from the raptors and the thunder both climbed a few spots raptors mm-hmm. climbing 5 spots and the thunder climbing 2 um and then the the wolves dropped 4 and the pelicans dropped 3 mm. um both losing records in this last week and uh, despite playing some good games, you know, the, the Timberwolves we talked about a couple times earlier in the show uh, and some solid performances there, but haven't been able to pull it off. Like they hope they could. And then the, the final group is all the same Uh, wizards through the pistons, no movement there. You know, I, I could arguably move the rockets up a little bit after having kind of a hot week, Mm Hmm. But they've been terrible in weeks past, and their record is still abysmal, uh, mm-hmm. barely above the Pistons. So I didn't, I didn't really deem it necessary to move them up, right? Because I don't necessarily think it's going to continue. And honestly, at this point in the season, doesn't really, I don't really care <laughs> either. <laughs> why like, why bottom, being honest with us? <laughs> yeah, the bottom group is, you know with the exception of maybe the trailblazers, none of those folks are, are going to see a play in game
0: and probably not even the trailblazers. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a tough spot to be in, you know, those teams that are struggling overall on the season. Um, yeah. I hear you with Houston and especially, you know, uh, San Antonio still has a better overall record and they still mm-hmm. went two and two, which in that, low tier uh grouping two and two is a pretty you know sound week all around so so that's fair to keep it the same and i did the same thing you know yeah my bottom seven you know for for most of the season it's been the bottom five that has been you know rock solid the same five teams we're talking orlando charlotte houston san antonio and detroit and that's still true but now the teams just above them are maybe going to start solidifying those spots for better and worse, mostly worse Washington and Portland are, you know, back to back weeks of being just above that group. So, so I'm the same as you there, you know, same ranking seventh worst through worst Um, similar top group, you know, bucks, Sixers Celtics. It's hard to really argue with that, especially with the Sixers continuing to be hot in their last few games. Milwaukee's been consistent. Um, Boston just a little bit of struggle makes them fall. Um, I went with the Kings over the Cavs, but I wanted to comment when you talked about Cleveland. You make a very great point. You know, uh this is a trend uh, when I talk about us having a little bit different perspectives. Wyatt likes to look a little bit more, you know, future focused. What this team, you know, all of the Suns. The Suns didn't move a lot because he anticipates once Durant returns, that's going to be a great team, and that's you know, 100 valid point. You know. I've been doing mine a little bit more on what they've done up to that point in the season overall, their current standings, you know, focused a little bit more on the immediate, you know, the present. And so that's why I moved the Kings up because they've just had a little bit better week. They've been a little bit more hot than Cleveland, but come playoffs. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell in years past has been a, you know, next level. He just takes it up a whole other notch in the playoffs. So that's a certainly valid point. But I have the Kings at five, Cavs six, uh, Nuggets above them at four. Um, Knicks and Heat moved up for me as well. I did drop Brooklyn just one spot. Phoenix dropped a spot as well. So basically, Knicks and Nets swapped, Heat and Sun swapped. That was a lot of my power rankings, teams swapping spots. And then um, Wyatt can see this on our little Google sheet here. I have a bracket around a group of nine teams and those are all the teams that are going to be in that wild play-in mix a couple of them a couple of them are east teams but seven of the nine are all western conference teams that at the time of doing these power rankings uh, before today's games they were all only separated by a couple of games as far as you know records separated from each other and that's the mavericks the warriors oklahoma city utah the Lakers, Minnesota, and New Orleans. And they're all pretty close. I mean, Mm -hmm. Dallas moved ahead of the Warriors this week. The Thunder and the Raptors, similar to Wyatt, they jumped up a bunch for me. Tim Rolls and Pelicans fell a bunch. But I just highlighted it in brackets because those are the teams that are really the ones to watch out for. The teams above them are going to be in the playoffs and or play in. That's pretty much solid. The teams below most likely outside of the bulls, the teams below are have a good chance of not making the play in or the playoff at all. So it's hmm. that the real intrigue of these last few weeks, we've only got three weeks left in the season is in that middle group, those seven Western conference teams. So that's why I highlight it. That's why I wanted to focus on that, but otherwise yeah. pretty, pretty similar to Wyatt overall um, just some difference with our nets and Suns stake uh, and Kings above the Cavs, but overall pretty similar uh, in that department. Um, with that, I think that pretty much takes care of our power rankings. So let's jump to the last segment of the show and, uh, our, maybe one of the more fun segments. I mean, they're all pretty good segments, but this one, you know, really stands out. This is our weekly MVP. So basically if you're new to the show, we name a player that over the course of that week, just those games alone during that week, uh, made the biggest impact on that team. Of course, normally with MVP, you look at traditional stats, points, rebounds, assists, and we do that as well, but we like to factor in at least a touch of, you know, winning type stats, you know, plus minus their overall record, um, you know, things of that nature. So we, we like to have a little bit of both and we only pick candidates that had winning records in the week. Um, a couple of times in the past, I've picked guys that had tied records and, um, There's nothing wrong with that, but we haven't really ever picked a guy that had a, you know, like a two and two record. It's somebody that contributed to winning. So I've decided to just focus on winning records. And we have 10 candidates every week. Here are this week's candidates, our week 22 MVP. We have DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Paul George, Zach Levine, Kawhi Leonard, Fred Van Vliet. Jalen green and Anthony Davis. We have a couple names that really haven't been much on the list up to this point, if at all. And we have a couple of names that have been stalwarts on the list more often on it than not. Um, as normal, Wyatt, who jumps out? Who's, who's the name that's grabbing your attention right away as a an MVP <clears throat> candidate? Yeah. The first two
1: that have really impressed me on this list are DeMar Rosen and Shago Gays. Alexander. So no. uh both of them had phenomenal weeks and I'm curious on the number of three point uh shots each of them had because DeMar DeRozan shot fifty-seven percent from the three and Shea shot a whopping hundred percent from the three point line um this past week. Unless that's a typo, but
0: um no it not I a typo. Assume it, I assume it's correct person does not mess up these things. <laughs> yep, that is true. I'm going to get those stats for you right now. Totals. Uh well that's why Gilders Alexander was 100%. 2 of 2. Oh, okay. So less <laughs> impressive. Uh what was Most Derozan's?
1: Uh eight of, 8 of 14. Okay, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty um,
0: especially for Derozan who's been characterized as a bad three-point shooter.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, only across uh 3 games, so you know, that that makes sense why the total was you know not huge. And he doesn't shoot a ton of threes compared to some of the other, you know, small forwards in the league. Mm-hmm. But those two had, you know, impressive percentages um all around, uh good scoring averages, um, assist to turnover ratio was really good for and Shea uh, you know, barely above one to one. Um so not as great for him, but uh you know defense. I you know Damar is excelling in all of these, especially now that I find out it was just two for two for Shea, Cause mm. he also only had one turnover, almost three steals, as opposed to Shea's one and a half. Uh and then neither of them had any any blocks but so phenomenal week for both of them, but I would, I'd give the edge to DeRozan for sure.
0: Okay. Now I'm, I'm curious why Joel Embiid did not jump out to you. He, he
1: did jump out. And, and it, initially I was comparing DeRozan and Embiid stats. Mm-hmm. um, But then I, I saw Shays and he jumped out with a hundred percent three point percentage um, and, Okay, so I started looking at him, but of course Embiid, you know, I figured we would talk about him regardless because, I mean, his stats are r- ridiculous as always, right? Um, you know, of course, phenomenal percentages and points and boards and everything for him, except for steals. He did not have any steals. No, oh, um, there you go. But yeah, a great week. I mean, Embiid, of course, is always a conversation topic here on the MVP candidates.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I just wanted to double check because we've had conversations, of course, about you know trying not to. Oh, he's won it in the past. So let's not right. You know, yeah, give it to him again. <laughs> and I I'll be honest. I'm kind of you know I've had a bit of that hesitation myself with like okay if if we give it to Embiid this week that's two weeks in a row that's three overall you know but it is hard to argue with his numbers. He's got great numbers, but both the names he mentioned are right there with him. You know, it's, it's not like past weeks where one guy was head and shoulders. I mean, last week, Joel Embiid was head and shoulders above. Oh yeah. There was another candidate. Yeah. It was a pretty easy pick, but this is one of those weeks where it's a lot closer. You know, those top three names that we've already talked about are great names. Um, I'll add Giannis into that mix. I mean, they were three and one over that span, 32 points a game, 11 rebounds, um, nearly seven assists. So he's doing all the things we expect him to turnovers a lot lower than he's had it overall this season. That's a great thing to see. Um, not bad on the fouls, you know, consistent defensively, if not stellar. I mean, he's a great defender. The stats weren't um, stand out this week. A um, little less than a block and a steal per game. Um, great percentages. I mean, 50% from three point range. I'm guessing it's similar to SGA. He was maybe, two of four or one of two something right. to that effect but um i mean he was above 60 percent from the floor overall which is stellar the free throw percentage is rough um below 60 percent but overall still doing those Giannis type things um and so i think he's a name that we certainly have to talk about in that yeah, mix absolutely. and um yeah i think it's really that those top four probably separate themselves. I mean, the rest of the names all played, they all had great weeks regardless. And I I would maybe throw in Van fleet for consideration. Okay. Uh, He had
1: a a very solid week. I mean, only four boards, but you know, for a point guard, um, that's not bad. And, but he had almost eight assists to three turnovers. And, you know, he was right there with the Rose and two and a half steals per game. Uh, 0.3 blocks so he actually did get a block uh this last week and then great percentages for him too uh Mm -hmm. right around 50 percent both for field goal and three point uh, percent so i mean i think he had a pretty impressive week and had a winning record with the raptors who haven't done um you know super well this season so i mean they're right there in that play-in conversation but
0: yeah, better than most weeks. Yeah, three and one yeah. overall. And uh he's got the third best plus minus of anyone on this list. He was a plus thirteen oh, yeah. across their four mm-hmm. games. So so that's a that's a great point, you know. Um you could also maybe mention Kawhi Leonard in that mix. He was one of two guys along with Zach Levine, who was perfect from the free throw line. Um, kudos to them. Kawhi had the mm-hmm. second highest plus minus. He was seventeen plus seventeen in their two games. He only played two games. Um but yeah, I would say Van Vliet above those two guys. And with that, we can probably half the field. Let's say Van Vliet. And then our top four, Antetokounmpo, SGA, Embiid, and Rosen. I think that's pretty good. Pretty good mix. We've got five candidates. Um, For me, I'm, you know, am I affected by my bias and not wanting to pick a player too often? Um, Probably. I'm going to go with DeMar DeRozan. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because Joel, I love you. And you've got a great chance to win the actual MVP this season. Um, and that's something I wanted to comment on with Embiid. You know, in years past, he's been the runner up twice to Nicole Jokic. And I almost wonder... I don't think you'd ever get an answer on this type of a question if you were to ask him, but I almost wonder if Joel Embiid came into the season knowing he needed to be like 90% of what he's capable of throughout the first, you know, 70% of the season and uh-huh. be stand out, be in that conversation throughout the season, and then take it up to an even higher level at the end of the season, because that's going to give you know, that's going to be in the minds of the voters as the most recent events. You can lock in a top one or two seed in the, the East and, you know, really help his chances for the MVP. Again, I doubt he would ever even entertain that question, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was at least in the back of his mind of like, maybe this is what's going to, what it's going to take to be an MVP. Um, So that's my, you know, half-baked take on Joel Embiid. But I would probably give it to DeRozan. I mean, pretty similar stats overall, lower turnovers, um a little bit lower fouls, great percentages, even maybe a little bit more impressive than Joel Embiid's percentages. Um yeah. He he did do it in a lot more minutes per game. He was 44 minutes per game. But let's factor in one of those games was a double overtime game. And so that's going to skew that minutes number just a bit. So, right. something to consider, he's probably the name that stands out to me and then second, you know, if we're going to be fair would be Joel Embiid. But yeah. I'm curious your your thoughts on that.
1: I have the same thoughts. And like you, you know, bias uh might be playing in as well mm-hmm. uh for not wanting to pick Embiid again, but I don't know. DeMar DeRozan very first stuck out to me the most, so I'm just going to stick with my uh got reaction there so yeah you would get my vote too
0: yeah well and, and i'd be right with you and you know and we you know maybe there is that bias but also um the numbers match up and they're very close and it's a close week and i think that derozan you know especially for what these game these games mean to the bulls a team that's wanting to you know, stay in the play in position. I mean, they're in a pretty precarious position. They're 10th in the play in tournament. Mm-hmm. If they, if they slip up now, <clears throat> you know, they're going to be out of the play in and they need to sustain um, at bare minimum, solid play, if not really good play to really make sure they lock in that spot. Otherwise they could be losing that spot versus the Sixers. They have stuff to play for. They want to be a number one seed likely, you know, I mean, they're in that mix. Um, but it's not as dire stakes as the Bulls in terms of that play in playoff race. So, um, yeah. that'll allow us to justify this a little bit more. But, um, let's go ahead and make it official. Well, you want to lock that in, Wyatt? Yeah. Let's I'm lock it lock in. in. Congratulations, DeMar DeRozan, our week 22 MVP. I would write the name on the trophy like I normally do, but I currently have the microphone in my hand and. I don't want to get into the logistical nightmare of, of, you know, microphone down. And, you know, if I was really professional, I'd have this thing called a stand, um, but we don't have that. So, um, we'll just leave it at that. I'll, I promise you, I'll write the name in, but congratulations Damar. I know you're a little ways away in Chicago, but if you want to pick it up the you know, next time you're out here uh, in Utah, I'm not sure if they play the jazz again this season, but, uh, if you want to pick it up sometime, uh, feel free to do so. And congratulations again. Um, Let's go ahead and uh, get to the closing of our show. Uh, firstly, with our This Day in History fact, uh, we're going back to 1968 for today's fact. Uh, March 20th of 1968, Dave Bing of the Detroit Pistons finished the season with a league leading 27.1 points per game average in uh, in so doing, becoming the first guard in 20 years to lead the NBA in scoring. Pretty remarkable. Um I should have checked who that was before him that led uh, the league in scoring. Let me see if I can pull that up. Wyatt, any comments on uh, Dave Bing? Wh- what do you know about Dave Bing? Tell us about Dave Bing, Wyatt. Yeah, I know that he
1: played for the Detroit Pistons yep. during the late 60s, mm-hmm. um, at least during the 1968 season. There you go. And that he also averaged 27 point1 points per game that that season and there you go it uh, was kind of a significant statistic for a guard in 20 years
0: to have that and lead the NBA in scoring so, so. why you sound like you've got a real uh a talent for this you know saying nothing uh, <laughs> <business>. <laughs> I've written a lot of papers in college, Carson. <laughs> that's,
1: that's <a> good <laughs> Anyone point. who's been through college knows that that is what <laughs> writing
0: papers is. <laughs> I I've been there. Oh, I've you know got, you know I need two more pages, and I've got, I'm I'm two pages short. I need to lengthen this out. And <laughs> yeah, add I'm going to say the exact same thing again, but <laughs> in a different yeah. way. Um, it, so I I just checked the last the, the guard. Before him that led the league in scoring was Max Zaslov- Zaslovsky uh, with the Chicago Stags in 1948. So oh, he nice. led the league with 21 points per game. And if I'm not mistaken, yes, that is the lowest points per game average to lead the league in scoring in any of the NBA seasons. <laughs> Even the season prior to that, uh, Joe folks averaged at least 23 points per game. Um power forward all six five of them um <laughs> it was it was a different time but yeah, um no why if you want to know a little bit about dave bing he's a he's a hall of famer he was a uh he was a, at least an all-star game mvp at one point he played with uh detroit and the bullets uh mainly detroit was a uh seven time all-star i knew some of this off the top of my head but now i'm reading from Basketball Reference. Uh, Three time all NBA. He was rookie of the year in 67. Um, he is a member of the 75th anniversary team that was announced just oh. this last year. So a great player. I mean, he was a kind of a combo guard. He was a you know playmaker, but mainly a scorer in his highest scoring season. It was actually that 68 season, but he also averaged 27 points per game in 1971. So was nice. not was not just a one year thing. So yeah, great player. Uh, Dave Bing, shout out to him and uh, shout out to the Pistons. Um, That takes care of our this day in history fact, and that takes care of our show as a whole. Uh, We want to thank you all for listening. Firstly, I'm going to plug our Instagram account. If you want to check out content from the show, as well as stay up to date on content across the NBA, we do our best to share content from there as well. Uh, Check out our Instagram page. That's crossover across time, all one word on Instagram. Uh, Great you know, follow follow that along with the podcast to get you know double dose and you know really stay up to date on what's going on in the NBA. Um, Wyatt closing thoughts before we wrap things up uh just keep an eye on those uh that middle pack middle of the pack
1: teams, you know, especially in the West uh keep an eye on those teams that are making a run for playing games and that should be really exciting to watch these last couple of weeks before we get into the playoffs to see who makes the moves and
0: uh, who fails to do so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, you know, we're all going to be watching for that. And, and next week by this time, we'll maybe have some, some intriguing updates on that front. So we'll, you know, definitely keep you posted on that one last parting note. Um, It might be a little bit late, but we wish your brackets. Well, uh, yeah, mine, mine, was doing better than most and then it took a couple hits in the last few days so um Mm. anyways with that thank you all for listening (laughs) uh tomorrow's show we'll have our normal summaries key news and then we'll talk about the award chases and the latest movers and shakers in that regard Uh, thank you again for listening and uh we'll be back with you tomorrow